regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Coco, can you hear that helicopter? That's come for you, mate. They know you've been licking dicks left, right, and centre. Um, and they're saying, enough is enough. The dog must be stopped. Uh, hey, regular features, people. Sorry, you just uh, caught me chastising my uh, slutty little dog there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are in that weird period of, uh, of the year where all five of us have sadly been banished to um, five different parts of the country, spend time with family and friends and enjoy Christmas and the New Year's. <laughs> Um, so yeah, unfortunately we couldn't get together to record a podcast, so the lads have said, Gav, you're good at chatting shite, why don't you just take a microphone out, have a little walk around, and hopefully you'll get 30 to 40 minutes of something out of it. So that's what I'm going to do, so for the next 30, 40 minutes you're going to spend time with just me. Don't switch off, because that's sort of a joke. Um, and I'm just out taking Coco around. Uh, in the little park of my house, but there is a helicopter flying about, not for me, <laughs> for my sins. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, having a little walk around. I was going to do this a lot earlier, uh, but I actually got really ill. Um, I, like, and I was basically just throwing up um, loads for about 12 hours, I think. And um, so, I, yeah, I basically, I was, in, I was down in Cardiff, went out with some mates. It was a third all day in a row though. So if that, I mean, those things could be connected. Um, but yeah, the third day in a row of drinking between eight and 12 pints of Guinness. Um, and uh, weirdly, I got really ill um, after the third day. Uh, I spent 12 hours in a Cardiff hotel that I was staying in just throwing up between the hours of sort of like midnight and 11 a.m. And um, I hadn't slept. Uh, I hadn't eaten. I couldn't keep down water. Um, I also hate throwing up, and I'm sort of afraid of it. So it's almost my worst nightmare, really. And um, I had—I was meant to come back the following day back to London, but instead I had to like sort of deliriously phone down to the hotel reception and go, "I can't. <laughs> I can't leave, and I won't." Um, so is it possible to book another night? They were fine about that. Um, but one thing they didn't do was tell the cleaner. So about 20 minutes after me doing that, I'm literally just lying on the floor in my pants, crying, because I'm afraid to be sick anymore. Um, and I, I was looking at the window. The, the window sort of looked really like grayscale. It was like all the color had just fallen out of the world. Like I sicked the ability to see color out of my stomach. And I, I like, I, I genuinely was quite worried. I was like, fuck, have I, have I puked myself colorblind? Um, and in, as I'm worrying this, genuinely, there was a knock at the door because the reception had forgotten to inform the um, fucking cleaners that I was going to be staying another night. And I opened the door, I put clothes on, I opened the door and the cleaner was like, oh, are you, are you staying? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, um, you're meant to check out today. And I, I, I said, no, 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 I, I sort of, I mean, also I looked a fucking wreck as well, right? 
But I was like, no, 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 like, it's, it's fine, I'm, I'm allowed, I'm allowed. And it's like, I, I was annoyed with myself because I wasn't saying any information that was correct. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, well, you know, in those situations where you're just struggling, you're just thinking to yourself, like, what can I say that just gets this door shut? Um, <laughs> and she, I, just, I just couldn't do words properly. So I, I said, like, no, look, I, I, I've paid, I've paid for another night, finally. And she was like, oh, okay, she said, do you need anything? And... I think she meant like, do you need clean towels or anything like that? But I said, um, yeah, actually, can you just come in a second? And she came in and I said, I know this is odd. But does, does that window look black and white to you? And she just sort of looked at me, like I don't think English or Welsh was her first language. And she sort of looked at me, didn't really answer and just handed me two bottles of water. Then when outside to her cleaning cart and brought back in another two bottles of water and loads of clean towels and then just shut the door <laughs> I was like that poor woman and you know like what I'm saying like for me well, you know what can I say to this woman that gets this door shut she's like what can I do to make sure that this man doesn't murder me <laughs> but yeah that was, that, I'm sure that was nice for her she probably had a nice time you know uh, maybe she's a reader and that was her first encounter with me um, hopefully not, uh, but you know, because that would be quite embarrassing, really. The only thing about walking where I walk is I have to walk past two pubs, so three pubs actually fucking hell i have to actually walk past three pubs two pubs which i drink in a lot as well so it's uh, like i basically have to plan my walks so i really avoid the pubs that i like going to just so i don't go in and have a pint i know that that, that sounds like i'm being dramatic but it's because i just love having a quick pint by myself um but I realise as I'm getting older, that's unsustainable health-wise. Um, so there's a man shouting over here, his dog. But yeah, we're just out and about. And uh, when I go home for Christmas and stuff like that, I basically, I don't know, I, because I don't see my friends that often. Like I speak to them every day, but because I don't see them that often, I have like three different groups of friends and they each have like one night out every sort of Christmas New Year period but they're all unconnected so I end up going to three different nights on the trot with different groups of mates and like they have like this fucking one big wild night and then that's them done whereas I'm going on three of them um, so it gets yeah it can get quite wild uh, for me and my guts um, but there was a point where on one of the nights out speaking of meeting readers and stuff we got so pissed and realized that we were sitting our table basically was like a long table at the end of the table like about a meter away from the table was this sort of um gambler that or fruit machine whatever you want to call it that had like multiple games on it not and not like the it box with like quizzes and stuff it was all fucking fruity stuff so it's all like roulette or fucking whatever the match free shite is and stuff like that right we realised we were right next to one of them. Um, so I don't know why we came up with the idea, but we came up with the idea of basically turning it into like a game show. So we split up into teams. I was the host and I basically like 
did it like family fortune style where I would get a member of each team to come up and play the fruit machine and see if they'd won <laughs> but and sort of interview them and ask them where they're from and shit like that. I don't know how we came up with it, but there's so many videos on my mate Eggy's phone of just us doing this. It was fucking, it's so funny. Um, but we, we'd sort of refined the process a little bit and I'd been, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'd been interviewing all of my friends about where they're from and stuff like that. And we'd refined the process of getting people up and that. Um, to the point where we even had like theme music and like clapping and that and in the middle of me doing round one of our like sort of refined version of this game a fucking reader came up to me and just went oh like love a podcast and gave me a bottle of corona in the middle of it, i was like oh my god this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened he must have been sitting by the bar going like what the fuck is this moron doing um but yeah that was fun that was really, that was nice actually Come on, being really, really good. We're going over this little bridge now. She fucking hates it. It's like, I don't know if she thinks I'm going to throw her in or what, but she just has a little look over the side, scares herself, and then runs off. Um, bless her. Oh, passing one of the pubs that I love now go the other way I'm literally skirting to go back over the bridge to go the other way it's nice though having this like time between sort of Christmas and New Year although it's fucking I think it's like the 4th of January now um, but I'm not back in work for a bit um, but uh, you know it's nice with these times of years like usually you would use the sort of time in between Christmas and New Year to sort of have a little think about the things you've done and sort of reflect on the year that's been and you know that's pretty nice but I kind of missed out on all that because I was ill so I didn't really get a chance to do that so I'm doing all my reflecting now like as I'm, I'm doing it live you this is live reflections with Gavin Coco um, but it's nice to have you know proper little nice little think about things and you know try and make those memories sort of stick with you forever my memory's terrible and it kind of goes really and I think for us like as a podcast like I think we've had one of our best ever year, feature-wise. Um, I know that's something we always say, but fucking hell, man. Like, those lads continue to make me laugh so much. Um, and it's just one of the highlights of my week, just listening to four of the funniest people, I think, in the world um, pulling absolute amazing gold out of their assholes. And also, like, we've had some amazing guests on the podcast as well um you know i interviewed fucking uh win uh butler now confirmed to be a terrible man um i love how as i say that about a terrible man fucking sirens in the background yeah go get him he's a prick and his latest three albums <laughs> fucking dog shit uh we also obviously is happening <laughs> it's like a helicopter out <laughs> police cars out everywhere um we also well, my one of my favorite guests when he stops by is uh you know the always wonderful yuri geller gavin uh, gavin uh, it's me Uri. yeah um Uri geller king of the supernatural i'm just here to say that even though i believe in literally anything 
I don't believe in you. Yeah, Yuri Geller. Like, what, a, what an honour to have, you know, the world's premier spoon bender on Gavin. the... Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, amazing that we managed to get him on the podcast. You know, Gavin, um, take a look inside uh, your car, Gavin. And then I've bent the steering wheel into the shape of a big X, because X marks the spot for where dickheads sit. Uh, just trying to think of some of the other, the other guests. Um, What's her name? Uh, my favourite lady, who isn't dead, uh, Grapes Delicious Bourdain. It's always, it's always amazing when she drops by because you know you're going to learn one or two things Gavin. about... Gavin! About... Yeah? Um... Hi and ciao, amigo, mi arriva dirty, but that does not extend to you, Gavin. For you are a wretched ape of a man, and you will never be invited to my parties ever again. You are never going to share salmon canapes with my good friend Daniel Craig, or tipple on a Prosecco or two with my good pal Dua Lipa. That life is behind you now, Gav, because Grapes Delicious is cutting you out of the world. Okay. Uh, yeah, and actually, I, I want to tell like a funny story about meeting her uh, for the first time um, when she stopped by the studio and she Gavin, like, it's me again, your good enemy, Grapes Delicious Bourdain. That's right. You crossed me for the last time, Gavin. I know your ways. You're a wily snake of a man. You're a little slithery boy, and you are out. And you are never coming to any of my parties again. Not after what you did last time. RuPaul will never be able to clean those stains out of his fracking tower. Boy, he will never let me forget about it. So thanks a lot, Gavin. Grapes Delicious Bourdain signing off. What? What is that? <laughs> Tells I'm getting like a little bit of feedback from this Microsoft. Okay. Um. Okay. I. Okay. I won't. I won't tell that. Hang on. Um. But obviously, you know, everyone's favourite guest. He's basically a member of the podcast now, you know, like uh, um, hey kids. Uh, Tom, Tom from from MySpace. My favourite. Remember me? My favourite. Down from MySpace. What? Hey kids, remember Gavin Murphy? What the fuck is happening? You won't, because he ain't done nothing of voice. Fuck you, Murphy. Um, yeah, he, I'm not sure what is happening here. I'm getting a bit of... Now you fucking putts! I know I meant to be on the wind, but it's physically impossible for me to sound like I am a wispy sort of uh, spirit or elemental. So I'm just gonna say this. You're a fucking jamoke! What the fuck? Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Thing a bit gammed up, but uh, oh, yeah, oh, it's on. All right, um, well, I guess it's it's sort of traditional just to have a bit of a ramble. I guess I'm for a walk at the moment, just uh, in the park, that kind of post Christmas 
rotundness, walking it off, working it out, pushing it through, moving on up. Sisters doing it for themselves. And it's not the new year yet, but I'm definitely thinking about that. Thinking about what I want to do things differently. Uh, what things do I want to stop? What things can I stop? How do I stop? Can any of us stop it? Please. And I think that really I'm coming to terms with the fact that I've been happy for a while. And the last time I think, I think back to earlier days, earlier life, and life was a lot simpler then. There's one point in history in particular, I think we all have our own, but there's one point where I think, well, do you remember that lady who put cats in the bins? The cat bin lady. I sort of think there's something beautiful and pure about that. I feel like just trying to get back to that is is my aim for 2023. So that's what I've been doing today. Just been going around and putting cats in bins. And uh, honestly, it's been a pretty eye-opening experience. Uh, living in London, as I do, you, you tend to find everyone's a bit isolated. But this has been something that's already... Um, brought people together. I've spoken to so many people today at the uh, Shepparton Metropolitan Police Station and so many people from different walks of life, not in terms of backgrounds, mainly white men, but lots of different opinions and outlooks. Lots of people who didn't see eye to eye with me, what I was doing, but we... We made it work, you know, we, we found a way through that. Um, mainly by me telling them I wasn't going to do it again. But, yeah, I, I think that that's, that that's taught me something important. And I'm going to be going into this new year just just doing, doing more. Oh, there's a little cat over. It's come over. Hello, Hello. come on, little pussy. Come over, come over to Daddy. Come over, come in. You go into the bin. Oh, I've dropped in the. Oh, I've dropped the phone in. The, I've dropped in the bin. Oh shit, cops! Goodness me. Is it an unbranded, unidentifiable recording device that I find on my walk, my daily promenade? It is. Well, I might as well take it with me as I tour around the village that I live in now. And perhaps along the way, I can tell you a little of the village's history and most specifically its connection to a number of atrocities. Off we go. Trot, trot, trot. Before I start the uh, tour in earnest, I just wanted to tell you a quick story. Um... Uh, while I was uh, recording that first bit, uh, speaking like a buffoon and uh, saying trot, 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 and um, for verisimilitude, I, I did actually trot with big high legs, uh, just just around just around my garden, uh, which is uh, where I start all my walks. Um, I turned around immediately after doing that and saw that there was a man in the garden. Uh, he's a contractor who was here to look at the roof. Um, and he'd just seen me uh, doing, uh, just sort of tr- 
trotting around and going, trot, 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 oh, I'm going to take on the fucking door of the village like a fucking dickhead. And um, I don't know if you can look uh, unimpressed and frightened, but whatever that look was, uh, which I think it was those two things, I know that that man is going to go to all his friends and say, I went round to that house in that village and there was a man in the garden trotting around like a fucking bipedal horse dickhead. And um, that's just going to live with me for the rest of this recording. Just know that it's in the back of my mind uh, and that I'm distracted by it. And uh, probably forever that will live with me. Anyway, on with the tour. I'm taking a turn around the village green. Oh, how many summer pims must have been sipped while watching cricket. A lovely game of cricket. And also, floggings. You see, the village green is home to a whipping post. It's protected by a big gate, I'm looking at it now, and it says this whipping post was last known to be used on July 27th, 1665, when two vagabonds were publicly flogged here. Yes, my village has protected, and indeed listed, a whipping post. And you could really be whipped for anything in those days. Did you steal a barleycorn? Whip. Did you play a forward pass in the rugby? Whip! Did you abscond with the Baron's daughter? Double whip! One for each. Bollock! Yes, whipping was an integral part of the firmament of my village. But what a lot of people don't know, and what I do, because I read books actually, is that there were many other punishments available to the vagabond in the village. I'm now passing the village tennis court, which can be rented for a small fee, as long as you're a member. Uh, and it's, it's very nice, it's flat, which is perfect for balls. But did you know, I say to people when I play tennis against them, did you know that this tennis court was built to cover up a dark secret? That secret being that there used to be a big pit in the middle of the village where vagabonds would have to fight dogs with sticks if they were found to have evaded tax. One account from 1499 says that one vagabond was put against three whole dogs with one small stick. He snapped the stick in two to form a sort of double-bladed dagger for a uh, plus two quickness speed in his attacks and um, he was torn to shreds and died. And his last words were, My plus two quickness did nothing. The village, outraged by the uh, lack of use of a plus two quickness modifier, actually petitioned the Baron, who was still distraught after his daughter left with that guy he gave the double whip to, to pave over the pit and create a tennis court. And that's how tennis was invented. Yes, tennis was invented because dogs killed a man. And you won't say that at Wimbledon this year, will ya? Jesus Christ, it's windy. Trying to record a podcast, The Wind. No wind! Stop getting angry at wind. Oh. Oh my God. Fucking hell, the wind.
Now I'm passing one of the most interesting features of the village atrocities, and that is the um, mural. Now, many people think that this is just a mural. Now this mural, um, it's on a wall at the end of a road that sort of goes nowhere. Um, so imagine a road, you turn left, and there's about 60 feet of paving, looks like a normal road, it just goes directly into the wall. Now, someone has painted this wall to look exactly, photorealistically, like the road continues through a tunnel. And for those accused of particularly serious crimes in the village, um, such as, uh, I don't know, stealing a keg and then putting the keg upon a cow's back and the cow uh, it breaks and gets the cow's skin drunk and then the cow makes beer from its boob. These vagabonds would be uh, sentenced to chase the Baron. It's a bit of subterfuge. They'd think they were getting their own back, but really what the Baron would do is take a left turn down the road that goes nowhere and inexplicably he could run down the painted tunnel as if it was a tunnel and the vagabonds would be like we're gonna get him we're gonna get him in that bloody tunnel no one will see what we do to the baron and they'd run directly at the uh, painted tunnel and they'd smash into it and they'd knock all their teeth out and then they'd be called toothless vagabonds for the rest of their days in the village it's ingenious really and as I reach the end of the village green, uh, I'm looking at a, a very, very old thatched cottage. Boarded windows, the thatch has gone to absolute shit. Awful thatching. And really, some should, someone should have a word. But they can't have a word, because that is the village wasp house. This is perhaps the most unique element of atrocities against vagabonds ever to be seen in a village from here to like west hertfordshire where there's um there's actually a, a weevil house uh, you know so uh, that's pretty similar actually but weevils wasps same diff and now the thing about the wasp house is uh, what we would do is uh, take a vagabond and just like push them into the wasp house and they'd be like oh they gave me a house. I've only had a smaller house for all this time and now I've got a bigger house. I finally made it. And they'd sit on the sofa, but the sofa would be made of hive and they would immediately disturb all the wasps. And as we know, wasps are, wasps are really house proud. And if you dent a bit of their hive, they will bite you. I think that's what they do. They bite you directly on, on the arse and legs. And um, these vagabonds would be bitten, probably to death. Um, I'm not sure. There's a lot of unmarked graves outside uh, the wasp house, but I'm not sure if they are um, from wasp death or just uh, starvation. There's a lot of that in the village, uh, for real. A lot, of, a lot of stories about starvation in my village. Um, anyway, I, you know, Wasp House hasn't been used for a long time. Uh, as far as I understand, the wasps moved uh, to Bedfordshire. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a quick 
peek inside the wasp house. I'm entering now. Oh, it's quite nice. Doilies. CRT television, that's how you know it's abandoned since ages. Hmm. It's actually less less um uh, frightening and strange than I thought. I can't see an inch of hive anywhere. Um I guess they got removals. I'm just gonna rest for a second. Oh my god, oh Christ, that's actually, that's definitely, that chair's hive. Oh my god, there's wasps, they didn't move! Did other, did you move in, wasp? They can't talk to me, they're wasps. I've gotta go, shit! Fucking crap. Oh fuck, oh fucking Jesus Christ, wasps! <laughs> oh my god, there's there's so many wasps. Oh, there's so many wasps, I can't even get to the record button, so you're just hearing all of this. How embarrassing. Oh, fuck the wasps. Oh, God. And oh, we bit me. Oh, one of them bit me with its mouth. What the? That one stung me with its ass. Can they do that? Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm in the woods. I don't think wasps can get in woods. Because they're home. Because they're home to badgers which have long tongues that can get wasps. I'm gonna get in this uh, in this uh, makeshift house uh, that looks like a, a witch's house made of sticks. Okay. Oh god, I can hear. Are they not afraid of the badgers? I can hear the wasps. They're outside the house. God. They're circling. I can hear them in stereo. I'm recording in mono, so you can't hear it, but I can hear them in stereo. Oh, fuck. Oh, God, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. Hello, I'm the witch. Oh, my God, there's a witch. Hello, witch. Oh, you got problems with the wasp house? Yeah, there's so many wasps. I, I don't know what to do about them. Do you have a spell? Yes, I do. Oh, thank God. Oh, please do the anti-wasp spell. Okay, you asked for it. I'm going to do a spell that turns you into a wasp, so wasp won't get you. Oh god, the fucking irony of it, actually. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'll probably not be able to even carry the recorder when I'm a wasp, so it's just going to fall down here. I'm a wasp! Oh, oh my god, I got a microphone in my hand. I just found a microphone, lads. Um... Well, I have decided that I am going to go on a genuine ramble today. I mean, previous ones I've done a little scripted thing with a bit of a background cave noise or something, but I'm going to try and do it in the spirit of what it is all about this time. I'm going to try and not have a script. I've always been incredibly jealous of, say, people like... Gav and Matt who can just walk around and just pour shite out of their mouths in a way that's both entertaining and charming and likeable. 
Uh, it makes me sick. It makes me hate them. So that puts paid to the likable bit. Played yourself there, fellas. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for a walk. Um, I'm currently in my pub. I'm going to try and do something without a script, which is terrifying for me because it's like walking with your eyes shut. You can do about two sentences, but then you start panicking. You need to open your eyes, look at the page, and just get that sentence you've written down earlier that you know isn't terrible and embarrassing. I don't know what I'll end up saying. It'll be desperate. It'll be awful. But it's it's Christmas. bit after Christmas. And you have to give me the grace. The grace of God. So, yeah, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go to Colic Park, which has got a couple of nice lakes in it. Um, yeah, I'm going to walk around a lake. And if I see anyone I know holding an SM58 up to my mouth, I'm going to... Be mortified and hide in a hedge, and this whole section of mine will be me in a hedge, looking like a grubby little pervert, uh, and talking to you. You, my little pervert partners. Come on, let's do this. Yep, here I am. It's a quite a windy day. I've just parked in the free car park, which is um, right next to the car park where you have to pay two pounds, so... um, getting one over on the people who look after the lakes there. I am a a clockwise walker. It's um, not something I can explain. I just instinctively turn left and start walking clockwise. My mother is an anti-clockwise walker, which um, whenever I walk with her, obviously you walk the way your mum wants to walk, don't you? And it's always nice to see all the people walking clockwise that you don't normally see because you're walking with them. I always think it's something of a A tragedy that you never really get to see the people who like walking the same way as you and you're always forced to face the absolute idiots who like walking anti-clockwise. I suppose there is always the chance that you might bump into other people walking clockwise if they walk a lot faster or a lot slower than you. That's its own kind of perversity. I'm, I walk at the right pace, and if you're walking too fast it's just showing enough. If you're walking slower, you're just a dawdling fucking idiot. I guess that's, that's the tragedy of walking around a lake, isn't it? You never get to meet people who walk the way you walk at precisely the speed that you walk. And then if someone did start walking in the same direction at the same speed as you, close enough for you to actually form a bond, I'd think that'd be even more suspicious. And I'd be very, very slow to fall in love in that situation. Unless they winked, maybe. Or pop, popped a nut out. I think that's a good icebreaker in situations like this, even if it is a bit cold. Um, yes, that's, that's my musings on the tragedy of walking around a lake. Um, I've often thought that, but I thought it was too banal to sell to Stuart, so um, you get it. You get the banal observations. Oh my God, there's a gorgeous dog. Oh, you right? Am I? That's just... Um, just doing a podcast, but and remember, you have to stop doing that for a gorgeous dog. <laughs> Just, hey. That was a fucking gorgeous dog. Smiling yellow and a dog. The three things worth stopping for. There are a lot of crows around this lake. There's a lot of, obviously there's your ducks, your geese, your swans, but we're blessed with a lot of crows. One particular crow, I can't tell them apart, but one of them knows me. 
and uh, as the guy who occasionally buys a pastry and he'll hop around behind you for a bit. I've always wanted to befriend a crow, knowing that from that old study, that I don't know if it's true or not, but it was apparently a man dressed up in a mask and attacked a few crows and then someone else wore the mask and a completely different set of crows set about him as though to say we've heard about you you're that dickhead and it was apparently proved that crows not only can talk to each other but they can describe a mask so um obviously when i gave that crow a bit of my pastry my thought was word would get around amongst the crows of colic that I was a cool guy and it was worth following me and giving me a little cheeky core. But um, no, they still... No, they all still ignore me. Which... probably speaks to the quality of the pastry, if I'm being honest. I'm probably just known as the guy who doesn't give out the meaty pastries because... I always have the vegetarian one. Probably be a bit of a letdown, cheese and leek, if you're a crow, I guess. I haven't really uh, planned much in the way of topics around here. I thought I might challenge myself to hide in a bush and say things in the Pussy Pals voices or just challenge myself to say, you whore, I can't even do the voice now. It's, it's people around, I can't say, Carol, you whore, get your stanky boner out of my juicy hoops. And um, frankly, I don't want to, that's not who I am in my day-to-day life. I'm the manager of a thriving and respected real ale pub that's got 4.7 on Google. So what I might do is buy a pastry and see if I can get some crows on team. I can't express how much it is important to me that I am well thought of in the crow community because it was a crow that invented dropping pebbles into a bottle of milk to displace the milk so they could reach the milk with their beak. If you thought of that, you get a lot of credit in my book. Right, I, I've got it. I am armed with my cheese and leek sausage roll. I'm very tempted by a little sign up they had up for Jezza's special eggs. Um, there was um, two girls behind the counter, so I'm assuming Jez, assuming that Jez is short for Jeremy. Jeremy was nowhere to be seen. I mean, the, the best case scenario being that Jez prepares his eggs off-site and just puts them in some Tupperware. The worst case scenario being Jez is kept in a harness and is massaged like a Wagyu cow until one of his special eggs pops out. And they're only £1.75p, so um, probably the former. That kind of specialist cruelty tends to cost more than £1.75. I'm getting close now to the, the area where the crow hopped around behind me before. Not a crow to be seen. This could be a bit of a washout in terms of a mission, but who knows? Something fun might happen. I might meet, because I've slowed down looking for a crow, 
I might meet someone who walks in the same direction at the same pace as me and we might end up bumming just immediately. Hello, I've fucking just seen a crow. Come on. Yes. It's a bit small for crow. Could be one of the other Corvids, but... Just got me sausage roll out, that's what the crinkling was. Oh yeah, baby, I'm just gonna eat it. Quite ostentatiously and make yum yum sounds. Oh. oh. Cheese and leek. Perfect. I mean, nice for humans. Perfect for crows. Come and have a bit. Come. Oh. Did you hear that call? That's fuck. That's a fucking crow, mate. Let's do this. I am now holding up a piece of pastry. I'm going to throw it in front of me. If the crow gets it, oh my fucking god! Here he comes. I am crow friend. Eat it. Eat it, you prick. Get a photo of this on the phone. He's walking off with it. What are you going to do? Are you going to gobble it down? Yes, he did. And one more bit. I'm just worried that this got, this is quite a dense pastry. And um, I don't want to weigh him down. Have you got any friends you want to take some back to? Oh my God, he's so close now. Come back. Oh my God, this is the best. I love him. The deal is, you communicate with your friends, tell them that I'm awesome, and when I come back next time to this park, I want to be able to stand on a cloud of black wings while you ferry me around like some kind of fucking human C-3PO. Well, crow's gone now, and I'm stuck with a frankly underwhelming cheese and leek sausage roll. <sighs> £3.95. It's really, and it's really greasy and all. So greasy, in fact, that... Oh! My hands are so slippy. Uh, the, the, the microphone's slipped out of my hands. It's gone everywhere. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone to the next person. Oh, shit. Almost tripped up over a dictaphone. Well, might as well pick it up. Hello, it's, this is Steve. I'm just out on my morning run. You know, I've had this... Cold flu that's been going around, coughing up a lung, but I always say the best, best me melody, remedy for a cold is to run it out, outrun it. That's it, outrun it. You can't catch a cold if you're not running. You can't, well, anyway, so I just uh, send you some New Year's love. New Year's regular features message. Uh, as you know, I'm a highly motivated individual. You may be wondering, Steve, how do you get the motivation to keep up your level of fitness during the Christmas season? And even when you're sick, even when you're sick, <clears throat> well, it's all down to a couple of heroes of mine. You see me. <clears throat> Motivational quotes from heroes that I admire. First, Joe DiMaggio, who uh, once said, "You just gotta 
get out there and grab it, grab it, get it, pull it in. Don't let anyone take it away from you because you're Joe fucking DiMaggio. And second motivational quote is from oh, who else but Pele, who said, You just gotta go out there, you gotta kick that ball as hard as you can. And when you can't kick anymore, that's when you know you gotta kick the hardest that you've ever kicked in your life. Your name is not Joseph Pelle. Which I find very motivational, even though the last bit applies specifically to Pelle, and some of it is to do with football. It really does help me get out of bed in the morning. Uh, fuck. Albert Einstein. And he once said, right speed, you gotta write it down on the chalkboard and stick your tongue out. As if no one's watching. As if nobody's watching. That's what he did. Well, my name had Albert, I forgot. Well, my name ain't Albert. Oh, fuck. That's what I've got motivational to. Oh, oh, my hands are sweating. I'm gonna drop this dick to her any second now. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. The best things in life are free But my favorite comes out of a bee I want honey That's what I want That's what I want That's what I want The queen gives me such a thrill but it's out of drones the syrup spills I want honey Buzz, 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 buzz Buzz, 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 buzz Buzz, buzz, buzz Well, that was a lovely little ramble must special, wasn't it? And if you like that and would like to invest in regular features corporation so we can buy new microphones which we fucking clearly need then please go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and donate some money so we can keep doing this uh, in exchange you will get access to the discord beehive which is absolutely thriving at the minute uh, plus you get your very own special bee name now what is a bee name i hear you ask well that is when we parboil up your human name give it a little shake in the saucepan so it's all fucking crumbly in that and then we whack a load of goose fat on it and some herbs and roast it until you've got yourself a brand new bee name that's that's how they're made like the bee name i'm going to give alexander wood alex and her wood i'm queenie and her tree Oh, Sam Towler. Oh, uh, whip that towel like a bee in a mason jar. Um, there you go. Or a very special bee name to Mary John. Now, these people are very special because they're Welsh and therefore my favourites. Um, and I'm going to give you a name after one of my favourite Welsh kids' books, Bach uh, which means the little fat bees. Uh, there we go. That's another episode in the books. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye now, but I'm also going to let you listen to something Steve made me when I asked him for, and this is what exactly what I said, can I just get 
two short recordings of you slagging me off as Grape Salicious Bourdain, please. Um, he sent me this six hours after I'd asked for it with the message, well, I fucked the brief, didn't I? <laughs> Um, it didn't really work in the episode, but it's frankly too funny to not put in the show. So you can listen to it after I say goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, it's me again, Grapesalicious Bourdain, back with another one of my cock-blocking beats. I can't stop for long, Gavin. I'm on my way to a pub lunch with Michelle Obama. That girl puts away real ale as if Barack was going to catch her at any minute. And when the pub garden floods during high tide, she tips pine after pine of doom bar into her galoshes and tells the former president that it's just really thin mud. Then later that evening, she and Melania away to the West Wing to chug boot after boot while the Secret Service stand guard. Anyway, you didn't hear that from me. Furthermore, I heard you've been spreading rumors that I'm some sort of a high society gossip. I would never betray the confidence of my confidants, especially my good friend Dua Lipa, who many say was spotted stealing half a kilo of semi-hard cheese from an Eldian hove. But that's neither here nor there. I just want to say what a wretched time I have had every time you ask me to be a guest on your podcast. Gavin, I think you personally are an angry beast whom God will never forgive. And as for the rest of you, I will not be troubling the mailman with any invitations to my Edam and Merlot soirees. Dua Lipa's bringing the cheese. And as for the Merlot, you will never know, no. Ciao! Note number two. <clears throat> Hi, it's me again, Grapesalicious Bourdain. Apparently, my previous intrusion into Gavin's empty headspace was deemed abusive and churlish by Regular Features Human Resources. I have been asked to issue a full and frank apology, so naturally I turned to my good friend, the actor Brian Cox, to compose an expression of my regression that would bring the National Theatre to its feet. Here it is in full. Fuck off! <laughs>